Hi, Miss Bell. How are you? Hey, good morning. This is the first time I think we've ever tried to record in the morning. Yes. I'm going to be chugging coffee in between. That is fine. Yes, I just woke up as well. Little disclaimer, but you know, making the most of this beautiful morning. Yes. It's it's nice to do in the morning. It's like calm and not too much stuff happening yet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. So today we're going to talk about um, something that you've done a lot recently um, that uh, kind of an interesting new chapter in your life about, um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you start and let explain start. it. Yes. And then I'll ask you questions about it. How about that? Okay. Um, when, I wish wh- I had a better timeline of this. Basically, I started going to church for the first time in my life, maybe in the spring. It was in the six, spring sometime. Six months ago? Three, five months like ago? like end of winter. I don't know, because the summer's, what, three months... It's probably like spring's like three months, starts in March. Yeah, so it's like six months. It was probably after spring break. Okay, let's say five months. Yeah. Anyway, roughly five months ago. Okay, and how old are you? I'm twenty. So you started going to church at nineteen. Nineteen, and we never went as kids. So yeah, no, we didn't. Testify this. I we, wouldn't we, we may have gone like a couple times, but never like. It like, was always with other people, other yeah. families. Like or, if you had a friend whose family was going. Like yeah, and even then it was just like one day out of like. Yeah, I think year. I went once in nineteen years, and then repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what caused that change? Um, it's interesting. I feel like there were a lot of things. I sort of had the idea. Like I felt like the idea was planted in my mind first semester last year. Okay. But it took me a long time to go from when I had the idea. And the idea sort of just like solidified and reinforced itself. Where did the idea originate? I don't know. I mean, it's really weird because it was sort of random to me. And part of it was like, this was something I never would have done. And it was something I was really scared to do. Right. And I realized that like, so when you're scared to do something, I mean, it was really easy to say, okay, I just will never do it. But then I sort of kept thinking about it again, or I would be talking about something else, like, I'd be saying how much I love, like, routined, scheduled social elements. I feel right. like all the things that are routinely scheduled are not social. Right. And I'm such a social person, but I also don't love being spontaneous. All, like, I, I love, right. like, weekly, like, we know at this time everyone hangs out or whatnot. Right. And so I would be saying that, and I would be like, oh, you know what? That's what how that's how church works. I'd be right. like, well, or, um, I would like I talked about theology, and I would sort of realize, oh, like actually, I believe a lot of this. Right. Just learning about the theology itself, and then I was like, well, if I believe about this, um, I think the real root was that I took just a lot of philosophy, and I was like, this is really great to read, and it's really fun to debate, but. Is that it? Like, do you not live it? She, she kind of wanted. Sense? Okay. So like, use it or live it. I feel like live it because the first part of philosophy is like, what do you think, and like trying to learn what you think and pushing the limits of what you think, and right. other people are gonna think other things, and you have to read the opposition of what you think. But then once you decide, I believe something. Like, what do you do then? You live it. Well, hopefully, but. Yeah. I realized I don't think I was, and some of the things, like, 
obviously if I'm arguing about like whether or not it's permissible to sell a kidney, that doesn't mean like I'm gonna be like, well, time to go sell mine today, like for right. no reason other than maybe I think you're a lot. Like obviously there are limits, but I definitely felt like it was just sort of something I was leaving behind going home. Right. And I was looking. The other thing I think I've gotten a lot better at since I've gone to college is like doing things because you know they'll make you feel good. Okay. Or feel better. I don't know what the right way to say this is, but like making choices based on. This is actually kind of like the whole habits thing, which we're not going to talk about, but like who your habits are is who you are. So when you choose a habit, you can either think like, do I want to do X or you can think bigger. Right. This is really convoluted. So pretty much like I always said, you know, I don't feel like working out right now. And so it didn't become a thing. A habit. But at one point I was like, I want to be someone who's like healthy and fit. And I realized that like running was a really good stress relief for me. And so I became someone like I started doing that. And so it felt really weird to say, Hey, like I'm just like, it ended up being that the only reason I wasn't going was because I was scared. Right. Um, you're talking about church in the spring. Yeah. Because I thought about it for a long time and realized that like a lot of my beliefs align with the philosophy and, um, I really like the idea of community and like a time Sunday mornings to reflect and right. Yeah. It ended up just being, and I wasn't doing anything else Sunday mornings. That's the other thing. Every week I would get up and be like, literally trying not to wake my roommates, like wandering around, like Okay. It felt like So it kind of like full. there were a bunch of benefits all and reasons that all kind of piled up at one time in your life. Yeah, and I think it's less about why I started going and why about why I kept going. Because uh-huh. a lot of it was I think once you identify that you're really scared of something. Yeah. It felt like backing down to just say, "Well, I guess I never have to do that thing." Right. So after a while, when I had vocalized, like, I kind of want to go see what it's like, but I'm scared, I felt like I was just chickening out every week. Right. And so you decided to start going. And, like, the, yeah, so, and then I was like, well, if I start going, like, am I going to become religious? And, like, am I religious? And, like, this whole, and I ended up having to, like, stop, take a deep breath and say, like, you're going once, you can leave. Right. You can never go again. Yeah. But you won't know unless you go once. Right. And you're scared, but that doesn't mean that, like, you, you, you don't know what you're scared of. And pretty much, like, gaining control was going and then saying, you don't, you can make that decision after. Right. But not going because I was scared felt like I wasn't in control anymore. Right. So that's what started. Okay. But then, I was surprised to find that I did keep going every week. Um, because... Because once I went, I was like, well, did the fear, I'm here. And it's not scary? What do you know? Like, um, I ended up, the thing that made it, yeah, I asked a friend if she liked where she goes and if she would recommend it, and she picked me up and drove me. So, like, not scary. Super Free coffee. Easy. She was like, I really like this place. Um, yeah, it wasn't scary, and the thing that sort of kept me going especially at first was um like they give you free coffee and so I was sitting there with like a really strong cup of coffee really early in the morning we went to the 9 a.m one on a Sunday which is like I mean Saturday nights normally did not end very early like it was right it was early and I felt really really bad like my stomach was not feeling great right Um, yeah I really felt sick and 
but I was really distracted or like brought away from how bad I felt because of what they were saying. Right. They have a great pastor at that church. Um, and the next time I said, okay, I'm not going to have the really strong coffee because it's not going to make my stomach feel better. Right. And I realized I still felt sort of like a caffeine rush. Right. Because of like what they were saying and right. the thoughts. And that was sort of cool because there's this like warm feeling you get when you're like really strongly caffeinated early in the morning. But I got it the second time without drinking coffee. And I realized like, oh, this is eliciting like a reaction right. within me. Yeah. No, and and like that reaction, like it felt good probably, right? Mm-hmm. And therefore reinforce what feels good and you went back every week. So what other aspects of it were, like, you talk about the social aspect. Let's dive into that a little bit more. Like, oh, that's not really... That, I feel like that's what other people like. I feel like I would like that, but I honestly... So you like the theology part that? of it more? Or what... I mean, I think I would... I, the reality is, like, it hasn't been super social in my book. Like, okay. I went with someone every day or every week, and that was pretty social. Like, the two right. of us, we would, like, talk on the drive home... But it was mostly like the most of the time we were there, like we weren't talking and because you were more listening. Yeah, and it was a really, it was a really good bonding experience with this one person. I felt way closer to her, and right. it was like a really good weekly check in on like how was your week. Um, but she graduated, and I knew that like, like there was a week she couldn't go, and I walked, and I didn't talk to anyone there, and then I right. walked home. And like that's been my experience this summer, just because I'm joining a church, and I knew it was just for the summer. Right. So I sort of was like. You know, some people were friendly. It's like I was kind of I felt really kind of awkward and okay. wasn't really my age demographic. So I was just kind of like you know, I was more there to listen. Was the one in where you go to school was the demographic more? It was really it was closer to mixed. You? So there are definitely a lot of students right from Which the college I'm in because it's a college town. Definitely a lot. They talk a lot about our college basketball team because it's amazing. Um, <laughs> and. That's like the like <laughs> intro to everything, and um, but there are also a lot of families at that church. Okay. Um, a lot of young families, but also a lot of families with like like mid middle school age kid, and then there are uh-huh. like a couple people who are like okay, so maybe that, grandparents. So, so that fit your demographic a little bit better. The de- it, it was pretty much like probably just the demographic of the town. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's your uh, so? Uh, how was the how are the two churches different from the one you've done this summer versus the other one? Um, the one the this one summer. Charles? I mean, demographics are probably the most astounding. Okay. The one in Denver's was a very very young church. So, like younger than you? What do you mean? No, like younger than twenty five. Like so, it was probably like, up to twenty five, maybe up to thirty. Like, like nobody most, was above thirty. Yeah, like wow. very few people. Like maybe maybe the the founder had like kids, but ma- mostly like interesting. Pretty young. I think Denver's a pretty young city. Yeah, it's it in is. a really cool part of Denver next to like a lot of cool like yeah, tapas a lot of, bars a lot of, and like coffee shops and a lot like, of young street people murals. Live in that area. So, and I think that's sort of yeah, I don't know what their mission is or if they want to be, but that's it's not a bunch of families. It is really young. Okay. Um they have a five o'clock service that's like the hugest one, and everyone goes out for happy hour after, like or oh, before, or like before. It, it's just a very young sort of crowd. But I was younger, 
So I was sort of like right. not at the stage of my life where I'm like young 20-something. And right. the other thing is that Denver, everyone moves here. Right. So it was a lot of people who were like from other places who had oh, moved really? here. Okay. And when you move away from your family, like I feel like churches normally, it can be a way to like find. And meet people. And meet people. So for some people, like this was sort of like. I moved from Minnesota, and this is, like, my family, or... Right. This is my friend group, or maybe this is just, like, one of my friend groups. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Are you, uh... What's a good question? Um, what, what's some of, the, like, the theology that makes you enjoy church? Because you talked about that a lot. Yeah, bit. and I feel like that's where it gets less about, like, the practice... And more about, like, the specifics of which religion or what church specifically you choose to go to. Does that make sense? Like, okay, it's so, really... So, here, let me go more general then. So, like, what is the connection between, like, the philosophy and the church that may, that hard. you enjoy? Um, that makes or, it harder. No, I don't know. That makes it harder? <laughs> yeah, because I'm really bad at, like, I'm not going to say distinguishing between the two, but, like... Because I think at some point philosophy is thinking about the world and what's right and wrong, right? And so it's... And church is also a large part thinking yeah. about what's right and wrong and doing the right thing that will be beneficial to society, right? And is yeah. that too far? I guess one... Like, I read St. Thomas Aquinas in right. a philosophy class. He's so cool. It was really, really interesting. Who's, what's he And believe? I'm, like, totally not going to do any of it justice. Basically... So the first thing we read, this was in a class called American Political Economy. It was so cool. The first thing we read was the Bible that there were quotes, mostly I think from the Old Testament, they were basically like, like if you're rich, you're not holy. Like a rich person could not get into heaven. Like the eye of the needle is easy. Or like, um, like like if you seek treasure in today, like you're basically ignoring, you're about to get unlimited like treasure in heaven. And that's more important. And, like, literally one of the quotes we read was, it just seems so weird, which is, like, the bird doesn't worry about if it's going to have food tomorrow. Like, it knows God will provide for it. Like, why are you worried about saving money to have food for tomorrow? Okay. Which is a little, like, okay, I don't know. I feel like I'm not a bird, but I guess God will provide for me tomorrow. I don't know. St. Thomas Aquinas was in the 13th, 14th century, I think. So, like, later... Definitely after the New Testament and sort of was more, saw things on a more fair ground, like brought in religion, but was the same, but didn't like say things like God will, like, why do you worry about money? Everything will be provided to you. Was more about, I don't know. I'm really saying this wrong. One of the things he said, I'm I'm pretty sure it was him. It feels like a long time ago was, um. Like, is it wrong to steal when you have nothing? Right. And, I don't know, is it? One of the things he said was, like, that's kind of, like, a natural limit on the rich. It's, like, if someone's so rich, they have so much, and you're there starving, like... Then it's... And basically, like, it's not their bread. It's the bread of whoever needs, like, whoever's starving. So, like, if someone comes and steals your bread... But they were starving, like, and that you gotta check yourself, nothing. kind of. Interesting. Which is, like, it seems weird. That makes me think of something that I've heard from uh, 
I don't know if it was in the Bible, but it's definitely from that period where they talk about how, like, like if you were rich, that means that you had taken advantage of a bunch of others. Yeah. Because the only way you could accumulate which I don't believe, wealth... But- well, like, this was, like, in a different time, Okay, right? maybe, like, like, like serfs and, like, Like, nowadays, lords, we like... don't think this at all, and I don't think this is true at all, but, like, in the past, there were lots of... It was, like, if you see a wealthy man, then, like, he must have... Like, he must be a bad person yeah. because he's taken a lot of wealth from the poor, right? Um, whereas nowadays, our whole society is built on, hey, you work harder, you earn more, and there's your benefit for, like working hard within the system and bringing like nowadays we think the opposite which is you've actually brought a lot of wealth to other people if you're wealthy because by being wealthy you've created a system or you've created a um um like some sort of you, you've created need for others right or you've saved them money by yeah. creating a better system right mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, that's right that's kind of straight off topic no no but, but it's, in- it's i mean i think it's super interesting to think how people think about money and wealth and like there's so much i could say on that but i think like to keep it within sort of like religion part of the other thing that like i don't, I don't know if aquinas said but one of the like cautions in early theology was like well if you're pursuing money you're not pursuing god right and so like obviously like pursuing money might not be but it means right. that you're not pursuing god and i mean i don't think i agree with that but i do think that like cautions against greed can be found in like aristotle who was philosophy not theology right. so like you know i think greed is bad yes. and the other th- so something i really always disliked about religion um the way i understood it was like the idea of, like sins and like right that there are things that are, like, always wrong. And I think as I got more into philosophy, I realized that there are things I do think are always wrong. <laughs> so I was like, well, I guess if I wrote the book, like, I would put in some things and be like, really, just don't do this ever, things. Which is kind of what the Bible says. Or if you're doing this, you know, humans are, have a tendency. I think a lot of it is, a lot of the Bible, like, it starts, there's this premise that, like, we are broken and flawed as humans and like we are not gods and we are super imperfect and along came jesus who was perfect to show us like in our flesh to show us that like we weren't perfect but there was like a way to follow right and that like we can still aspire to be good we can aspire and like there are sufferings in the world and part of that is because the humans have a tendency towards some things that are really bad for us that we do anyway and that, like, right. you might not think are bad, but, like, seem pretty bad pretty logically. Like, it doesn't seem like a huge stretch to say that, like, extreme greed... For example. ...is probably, okay. like, maybe a human... Maybe, like, you really want the next treasure, and no matter how much you get, you're like, but one more gold piece. Like, I want a bigger house. Like, maybe that's something that... But what does that cost you, and what does that lead you away from? Right. I'm not saying it leads you away from God, but, like, if you just are overworking yourself to get a bigger house, like... That's not going to make you happy. Maybe you don't need a five-bedroom house and someone else could have been in that five-bed. Like, there are all these... Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally okay. makes sense. Looks a little confused. So, basically... And so, it's... 
if you feel like, or at least I felt like when I was listening to some of these sermons, kind of like a weight's been lifted a little bit because someone's telling you like, that it's imper- not really, it's, it's not you, like it's not your fault. It's humanity just and being like, imperfect Even if you do bad things and it make, like you have consequences in your life and it's bad, like the reason for a lot of like human existential dread or like just a lot of your worries like, it sort of it takes a little weight off a little bit, where it says, hey, but, like, right. you're a person, and, like, everyone is imperfect, and you're still loved. That's sort of one of the very comforting things right. that they preach, which is, like, you're loved even if, even though, like, obvious, not even if, but, like, you're going to do something Even bad. though you're not perfect. And, like, the people who are delivering this message in the sermon are, like, I am not perfect, and I am not the most holy, and I am not, like... It's sort of saying, like, oh, by realizing that you're not going to be perfect, it makes you feel like, okay, I'm going to try my best. And, but you don't feel like it's your fault if you fail. I don't know. Does that kind of make no, sense? it does it's make sense. And it, and it connects to what I've heard a little bit. I, I don't know too much about religion, but I know a little bit. And the Bible, like, say what you will about it, it is a very good analogy for human behavior right like i'd I'd compare it to like shakespeare right like shakespeare like understood how humans worked like super well and incorporated his stories right i'd argue the bible does the same thing um and it picks the best stories that really emphasize human and it kind of goes on a trajectory that starts with like adam and eve right where they are perfect in eden right Mm -hmm. and then once they leave they decide hey like now we have to take on the world at our own. Like we're gonna. No, make... it's once the apple. Yeah, yeah, it's once the, the apple. But but like, I think leaving Eden's like they were banished yeah. from Eden. It's kind of a symbol to that. So now instead of in this perfect world where everything's provided for them, they're in this huge empty world where nothing's provided for them in the middle of the mm-hmm. desert. Right? Like they have to figure out like how to overcome that, and and now they're no longer perfect. Right? Um, and... and that's something else I, I love in philosophy. Oh my god, now I'm going to forget the name of it. It's not origin story. But have you ever heard Hero's this term? Journey? No, it's like philosophers uh, will have like a premise that applies now, but they'll always start with because of the like because of oh, oh there's like a base philosophy there's always a well back before anything this was true Which and is that what? leads to that. Well, they all disagree about it. That's what's interesting. So, like, some will say, like... So, like, who says what? Like, basically, the, those, to put it simply, those who advocate for stronger government... Right. ...think that anarchy, or, like, before civilization, was chaos. That, like, okay. without government, all humans want to do is kill each other and rape each other. And okay. so we, like, humans are... That was bad. So we need, therefore... We need order. Some people who, like, like, Rousseau was through the French Revolution and saw, like, chaos. Right. And was like, we need, like, to really help people in a strong government. And some people will say, hey, like, on their own, humans aren't going to just try to kill each other regardless of it. Like, they're not just, that's not their primary desire. Right. Like, there's a more calm, peaceful world that they imagine. And then they say, okay, once a government starts happening, like, it doesn't need to be super, super strong because you're tamping, it's not a prison for bad right. because people aren't bad. You start with like how bad are people and then what system do we need? Right. And one of the and there are like various different and all the different There's everyone has a little different thought about it right. which ties into their thoughts about like 
everything else. Everything it builds else. on that first Really, thing. everything else builds on the thing that name I can't remember. And so what, what is the that. church's version of that? So that's Adam and Eve, the apple. Once you have, once you lose ignorance. Right. Yeah, that's a good know, way of putting like, it. And I mean, I've thought this a lot. I've struggled with this, which is like, I feel like. I know a decent amount of things. I feel pretty educated. And part of that is I also feel really scared and anxious because I know things that are bad. Like, I don't think the world is super great all the time because I'm like, no, there are facts of, like, things that are wrong in the world. And, like, there are facts of, like, people aren't doing that. And, like, ignorance, I don't, like, can be bliss because if I didn't know that... Ignorance is bliss. So I totally believe that. I've always been like, do I even want to learn more? Because I'm just going to freak out more. So it's kind of like saying, like, the more you learn, the less you know. But it's also the more you learn, the more you, like... Freak out. I like that's like a bad more, way to put it. But yeah, like, no, but no, that's a good way to put you it. You thought of like you learn something, you're just like, shoot, like this is really sad and do you true. Not think, do you think? Because the way I look at the world and the way I look at history, I feel like history it was a lot worse in the past than it is now. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Yeah. You said that very softly. Except for with the environment, I think the environment was probably okay, better. Okay. But, but other things were probably worse. Yeah. Okay, so, but, like, you still see injustice in the world. You still see... that's one of the questions the Bible deals with is, it was written a long time ago. Right, yeah. Like, they were writing about a society a long time ago. Yeah. And one could very easily say, like, that doesn't apply. And what's weird is, it really does. It's like Shakespeare. Like, Shakespeare really applies. Right. Even though it was written... And it's hard to understand, but once you understand it, it really applies. So that's (laughs) sort of... (laughs) It's very similar, but, like... Some the things that they say that they caution against or that they show in stories as like hurting people and not working out for people are a lot of the problems we still have today. And a lot of that stems from like humans aren't perfect right. and like are actually pretty flawed and have really like some pretty flawed like desires or ticks or like quirks or I don't know what you want to call it, but that can be really destructive to them. Do you think and that's implicit? Like, part of our biology, or do you think that's something that's just passed down through generations? I don't know, and it's weird, because in uh, philosophy, like, I'm not one of those people, I don't think that it's chaos without government, and right. that everyone's trying to kill each other, and that everyone's bad. Like, I'm not gonna, I don't even think people are bad. I think, as Lao he said, like, humans tend to good, like, water going downhill. Okay. Like, it's trying, you can put things, like, you can make it not go downhill, but, like, it's... There are forces that are trying to push... Like, it's naturally going to want to go down. Even though you can stop it and reroute it. Like, that's the direction. It's going good. I think people are good and want to be good. But I think the part of that is you can't just say, well, I'm just going to be good without thinking about... Like, what... Basically, like, if you have have a solution... A problem and a solution. Right. And people trying to be good... It's really bad if you say, well, there's no problem, but I'm going to find a solution. Which is, I think, how I was going about it. Was like, well, humans are pretty good. And I'm going to be, like, pretty good. But I wasn't saying, well, what are my problems to solve? Does that make sense? <laughs> you. No. No. Okay, let me try to put it more clearly. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Just bless me. So the whole ignorance is blessed. Let's start there again. Right. So there are times you learn things and you think, this makes me feel really bad about the world and about myself. Right. And, like, this is not a very good... Like, now that I know this, I feel a little heavier. Like, I feel right. worse. But knowing those things allow you to f- 
combat those things, right? Okay, yeah. Like, maybe ignorance is not bliss because an, an ignorant person isn't helping anything because they don't know. Right. So at but least like, if, if I they... know what's wrong, I can maybe do something to so, help. So whether that's right? like mental or health or like or like within you or maybe just yeah, a like thought you health's have. Health's a great one. Like biology scares me. Like all the facts about the human body and how it can go wrong and how what it's doing. Right. Like it kind of freaks me out. But if no one knew those things, they probably wouldn't know how to fix me. Right. When my body hurts. And, like, that's an example of I don't really want to know. But I can't claim to have any solutions for anything medically because I don't even understand the problems. Right. I'm pretty blissfully ignorant on a lot of that. Yes, and you like to be blissfully ignorant. Which is fine because it's health and they're very good professionals. But when it comes to, like, your own life, when you learn things about humans, like, I do believe people are generally good. But I also think... People you, generally have similar, like, have problems being, like, we're not Do perfect. you think it's other people in society that are changing the um, flow of the water if to go to towards people turning more bad? Do you think it's just that when you add up everybody else going towards one good thing, it ends up, like, actually being a bad thing? Like, for example, like, uh, like I go upstairs... And I'm like, oh, I could have a hot shower or a cold shower. I'm going to have a hot shower because that feels better. That's good for me, right? And But it negatively affects the environment because the house is burning more gas, right? Um, I don't know. The way I see it with, like, tending towards good and why people end up bad, like, my take is sort of, like, when you're a kid, it's like you're trying, you're learning how to run. Right. And to learn how to run... Like, your parents will set up little blocks, and you have to also learn how to, like, hop over them. Right. Whatever the running term is, or climb over them, or okay. whatnot. And they do this so you get stronger. You right. build those muscles. And at some point, you're out in the real world. No one's making your path. Yeah. You're and just running. And sometimes there are really big hurdles. Right. And you're like... And you either don't... You either learn how to get over it or don't. And so I think, like, it could... I think sometimes people do bad things or, like, become... I don't want to say, like, become bad people, but sometimes, like, people who are, like, maybe mean or having issues with, like, being good, maybe it's that they had too many roadblocks and they didn't learn how to, like, run over them without taking the easy way out, the way out that hurts someone else. Like, sometimes it's easier to lie, but you know... From, like, growing up, like, that's a hurdle and, like, it sucks, but, like, you gotta tell the truth and it will be better. Maybe, and it won't hurt people. And maybe right. someone doesn't think, okay, in this situation, they're just like, I'm just gonna lie, because that's what I know how to do. And I, maybe they care that's if it hurts people, but maybe they don't the even know it's gonna hurt people, or maybe they don't, or maybe it's worked for them, or maybe no one's told them, that, taught them adequately. That it's that, like, wrong. Okay, I see. So that's sort of how I see, like... So, so, so you could have a good person who's a parent, right? But they just don't know how to teach their kid effectively, and therefore their kid... So like, I don't put it all on the parent. Okay, I'm I not putting it all like, on the parent. But that, that seems a little But my intense. point is, let's say a parent doesn't yell at their kid when they do something really wrong, so the kid thinks it's all right. And then, so I yell is probably not um, the greatest way to put it. I just mean, like, what if you have parents who are mean to you? Right. Or what if you have no parents and you're in... A system where, like, people... I don't... Like, I don't... I'm just I saying... I see, okay. I see it as, like... I think people tend towards goodness, but I think there is a little bit of, like... Like, kids are shaped by their surroundings and by their parents, and if no... If someone's shaping them to be really mean, I think, you know, you might end up with a really mean adult. Or if someone doesn't... Right. 
because that's all no they know. no one's shaping them, or if the world's throwing them, like, really hard things and they're going through a lot. Like, no, I, I don't sense. think people are born bad, but I also, with the whole theology thing, like, part of it is not admitting, like, I'm a bad person all the time, and no one can ever be good. The way I see it is, like, no one can be perfect, and no one can be good all the time, and everyone has, like, has done some bad. Right. And, uh, yeah. And that's just because the forces just are always acting on us? No, I think it's because there are things that are, like, really tempting, that are really hard not to choose. Because it benefits one part, because it benefits the individual over the many? Like or even just, like, them? there are some emotions that we feel... It sounds it sounds really weird. I'm trying to give a good example. Like, I think pride's a pretty good one. That's something that I feel like I definitely do too much that I will feel very proud. And I always thought this was the dumbest sin, because I was like, don't you want to be proud? Doesn't that mean, like, you did things well and you're patting yourself on so the back? So what's the sin? Pride, like excessive pride. Okay. But I also think that sometimes, like, I am too proud, and that means I think I'm right no matter who else disagrees or who else right. I'm talking to, and I'll be dismissive of other views because, no, because like, I'm proud. I'm proud, proud. I'm right. This is something I know, and I people don't always know, but I think when you think you know something, you don't, you're not like, well, maybe I know it. You're like, this is what is right and Whereas true. Whereas somebody who's never seen it wrong. before might be able to teach you something about it. Yeah, or like, you have to at least listen to the other side. But sometimes it's really good to be like, I don't even want to ever talk to somebody who doesn't think this because I'm so right. Okay, that And makes I sense. know. And that's a little bit of pride. Okay. Or too much pride, I should say. I do, like... Yeah. I you know, I still see it in terms of, like, excessive. There are things that, like, we feel that we can take too far. Yeah, no, that like, makes Like, there sense. is a place for, like, I'm proud of my accomplishments. I yeah, know. no, and that's good. That's like, a motivator. I, and, like, so I have a hard time with some religious sects that say, like, this is always bad. You should always fight something. Okay. But I agree that there are times when, like, there's... Um, like, there's always a, there's a limit that, there's a point you can cross where it becomes, like, hurtful to yourself and to others. Okay. And so, like, you should check yourself. But, I mean, I see philosophy as, like, moral improvement and, like, how am I the best me I can be? And I've been, like, told and cautioned by religious that, like, that's not really what it's for. What philosophy? Like, religion. Oh. I had a pastor, like, I guess two weeks ago, be like, yeah, we're not here to, like, for you to morally improve yourself. What did they think they're there for? So I was a little confused, because, like... That's why you thought you were there? Well, I mean, I don't think I went selfishly to be like, this will make me a better person, and, like, I want to be a better person. I think, for me, it was more about, like, coping with hard things, and... For me, a lot of it was about, like, things I didn't understand, believing that, like, there was something out there that understood them, that they did make sense, but, like, I just didn't know them. And also acknowledgement that, like, you're not perfect and, like, and, and then struggle through and we can help you struggle. And to, like, hear that, like, you're still loved despite that right. and that, like, there are a lot of people who are in that boat with you. You're not the only one who's ever right. felt proud and, like been bad be been like mean because of, I don't know right. I think that's comforting and 
like, I, I think it's good that they cautioned me against, like, this isn't just a moral improvement, and, like, it is sort of a proud thing if you say, like, well, I'm just better than other people because I go, or because I take philosophy classes and right. read philosophy, but I also think that, like, thinking about these things is interesting, and applying them to your life is interesting, and just choosing what you want to apply to your life, and not necessarily as, like, the end goal was, like, well, I'm just gonna be the best person I can be, but also, like, I think you should still strive to be know. the best person you can possibly be, though. I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah. No, it was interesting. They caught me against this, and I was like, but I'm going to try to... I was like, but I'm really focused on, like, improving what, myself so and what was there, being a good person. Was there gospel more uh, just spreading the church, or what was... what If that wasn't the goal, or were there many goals? Like, that's just not the only goal? What do you think they were trying to say? Yeah, I think the thing I learned most from going is that it, there isn't, like, one... It's not built around one premise. Okay. Like, maybe there are some premises, but it's not It's not one lesson. Right. That, like, you're going to learn, and then you've got it. And, I mean, why would people keep going every week? Like, there's so right. many lessons, and there's so many... Um, and they say, like, it speaks into your life in various... Like, right. in various parts of your life. So, like, obviously, you're going to say different things about, like, parenting than about... I don't know, um... Like, leadership. Like, there are obviously different things. Um, and a lot of stories and a lot to learn. I forget your initial question. So what their point is... No, you answered it. I asked okay. what's, the, what's yeah. their point. I think and, there's just a lot of And you said there are many points. To apply to your life and think about. And some of that is... So the way I see it is some of it is, like, when you wake up in the morning, how are you going to go about your day? Right. And some of it is what I just heard. There was this sermon, and it was really focused on, like... If you're not sure religion's for you, like, now's the time to, like, accept it and strive to it. And they were focused on, like, when you're lying awake in bed at night. Right. And so when I'm lying awake in bed at night, like, there's no action I'm going to be taking. It's all introspection and thoughts and right. feelings and emotions. Right. And they were basically, like, religion has the answer to these questions that you're struggling with when you're lying in bed at night. Right. And they basically said, like, if you're, like, who am I? What am I here for? Does anyone see me? Does anyone know? Like, you know, like, Jesus sees you and loves right. you. And, like, you are made in his image. And, like, these comforting sort of... They're not just comfort... They're answers to really big questions. Right. In a very, like, soothing way. And I think I saw it as, like, you're going to give me some improvement tips for when I wake up in the morning and say, like, how does my day go? And, right. like, how do I act? And I was surprised to find instead... Something that I think I really wanted and needed, which is more of that, like, you're lying in bed at night, feeling this, like, stress and this emotion and... Of, like, nobody understands me and a bunch of other and things like that. And you're looking for other... So something else they talk about is, like, looking for other people to fill a role that they can't fill. Right. And really what can fill that role in their eyes is religion. And it's so interesting because for a while in therapy and, like, talking to people... I sort of came to the, like, the same question of, like, I want people to help me and to soothe me and to make sure I'm okay. And right. there's a point where, like, people aren't going to do that. And people, yeah, they they see their problems, they don't see other people's. Like, you can't just rely, like, you're going to, it might, it's probably might be worse if you just only rely on other people. If you say, oh, when I'm upset, I always need a hug from someone. Like, right. Me, so you're not always going to get a hug. What I learned in therapy is, like, you hug yourself. Like, you, at the end of the day, yeah. when you're in bed, you're soothing yourself. You, and this was sort of, like, an interesting little, like, diversion from that. But at the same time, like, 
it is still like you and yourself. It's another tactic, right? Instead of thinking about Jesus, like I don't, it was you, really interesting. you're thinking about you hugging yourself. Or like when you go through hard times, like where do you turn? And like the Bible might say, like you turn to like prayer and to like faith and to knowing that there's a plan you just don't know. And whereas like I don't know, maybe my therapist would say like if you're in a hard time, you turn to like I know I can get through this. I'm strong. And, like, I've been through things, and, like, right. I've got myself, and, like, and so. That's really It was sort of a relief to hear, like, well, you don't have to comfort yourself. Right. Which I don't know if that's the way I should be taking it, and I don't know if that's the way I will continue to take it. Because at the end of the day, like, it wasn't like someone else was there speaking to me at night. It was still myself, and I think whether or right. not when I'm stressed, I decide to pray or to, like, take a hot shower like, go for a run, or, like, some of the things I know soothes me, or, like, write a poem. At the end of the day, like, that's still me and myself dealing with my issues. Right. But to, like, feel the weight off and say, like, I also understand that, like, I don't and, understand and, what's And I'm happening. trying to think, like, those are two great examples. Like, another one is, like, maybe somebody else does care for you a lot and is that person who, like, it's like, hey, I'm here with you. Like, I can support you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but... I feel like that's not always a great strategy because if that person disappears, you're going to be in a really big mess because you haven't been able to rely on yourself, right? You haven't been able to rely on church or maybe you haven't been able to rely on some other thing that we haven't thought of, right? Um, and with that person leaving, that's really and like, hard. I read a book in high school that just will always stay with me called Orgs and Craig. You should totally read it. It's so good. Okay. And I'm probably going to spoil part of the ending. But one of the themes of the book was like, they thought religion was really destructive, and they also learned by the end it was kind of inevitable. Like, of right. religion. I'm not okay. saying my religion no. or my... But, I, like... And I, I kind of think that... I don't know. From an anthropological standpoint, from what I've... So that's the other thing. I took a class this year that talked about myths and how certain myths always emerged and how religion was always... Spirituality, something, gods... This idea was, like was a, has been around since we've been around and like we evoke this idea and whether or not it's in different forms and it can be in hurtful forms and it can be in good forms but people go to this for comfort like right. they're gods and I mean this was a lecture that was given to me by a teacher who has a chronic illness and I'm sitting there not knowing anything that I feel of not feeling like I don't know what's going on in my body or have control and so to hear people say, well, yeah, humans haven't had as much control as we've had over a lot of things. Right. And part of what they do is they say, hey, like, but I'm resting my faith in gods. And it's okay that I don't have maybe total control or that I don't understand these sicknesses around my village. But, like, we have this... But these gods can help explain it. So I sort of was like, okay, if this has been around forever, like, who am I to be like, well... Nope, I can never go. I can never believe that. It sort of felt like... Oh, yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a, I hadn't thought of that. So, I, I don't know. Maybe that's, like, a really bad way to go about it. And I'm sure there are churches I would have gone to and would have said, Nope, this is not... Like, I can't get behind this idea. Or, this is not comforting to me. Or, right. this maybe leads me to actions that I don't want to do. And I think... So, I'm not saying, like, all religion is good or all religion is bad. But, like, yeah. part of it is kind of... Has always been around. And I think saying, well, if it's always been around, like, the, um, I don't know. I think that that's really smart. Uh, what was I about to say? Uh, you talked about the class. Oh, shared myths. I think he, there's very few things I think are certainties or like 
like that are true beyond belief, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like if you if you like if you let go of an object, it's gonna fall. Like that's gravity; it's a certainty, right? Mm-hmm. As long as you're on Earth, that's gonna happen, right? Uh, but in terms of like human stuff, I don't think there's very much certainty. But I think one thing that is certain is humans wanna have control, but more importantly, they wanna understand their world mm-hmm. and. I argue even today we don't understand our world. We understand a lot better than we did. But our yeah. human brain, like, we want to understand the world, but our brains are not good for understanding the world because yeah. we trick ourselves all the time. It's, it's like you see optical illusions in a book. Like, life is like that. There's a lot of optical illusions that we don't know are optical illusions in life, right? Yeah. Uh, like, you, another word for this is biases, right? There's a, like, shit ton of biases. And I think science, like, tries to plow through those and, like, get closer to truth and has done a pretty good job of it, but we still don't understand everything. And I think like in zero AD, like we didn't understand a lot of things. And like you said, I think the reason church and miss and like gods have become a thing is because we want to be able to understand things. And you look at like the gods of Greek mythology, like they're basically all about understanding thing, right? Zeus lightning, right? Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, how the frick does lightning work? Right. And they're like, oh, Someone's mad. Zeus. He must be up there. Fun fact, science still doesn't understand how lightning works. That scares me so much. I felt like we understood. We understand it a lot. Like, we know there's lots of energy built That's up in clouds. I don't. But like, I think it's In terms scary. of understanding every step, humans do not understand so, every step. We know okay. it's electricity. We know it's a huge flash of electricity. We know it's being released from the clouds. But we don't know how, like, the freaking clouds make it work. With the pressures and with the rain and... That's freaky. Anyway, um, but that's a, an aside. But like I said, that's the, the fact that I, I mean, I didn't know how lighting worked, but the fact that I now know no one really knows, that scares me because you're right. Why I think scare humans you? want we'll to know. We'll figure it out. We want to understand. But also, there's this whole thing. So what you said is like invented gods. There's this whole thing I used to, that was the ongoing like thing in high school, which is discovery versus invention. Right. So did we discover how to have faith? In things, or did we invent? Does that or both? Because <laughs> with with some things, it's pretty easy to say, okay, we discovered that. Like we did not invent lightning. Like clearly, we discovered it. Yes. And if we figure out how it works, we're going to discover that. We're not going to invent how it works. Yes. But there are some things I think you'll Although- agree that like are inventions. Like, did we discover the wheel? I feel like we invented that one. Yeah, we I invented don't know. that one. So, like, Although, what about, uh, that, it gets that's, harder. That's hard, because, like, even a wheel, like, it exists in, I'd argue that a wheel exists in the universe before we build it. It's so hard. But once we build it, like, Literally that question does that is mean we invent never, it? Is very, like, wow, that's I used hard. to think about it in terms of, like, music. Did we discover music? Did we invent music? I personally believe we discovered it. Most of it. But, like... A lot of analogies for music are, like, you're fishing on a stream and you find the song, right? Like, the song already exists. I just mean, you like, just discover it. The, like... No, I know what you mean. Harmonic. Oh, you mean... Like, the, the reason notes are sound... Like, well, if we didn't have ears, I don't think we'd have music. But, like... You see, we didn't I think invent, it's a result I, of our... No, like, I think it's an extension of hearing, is we hear music and we can make it. Because... I don't... It's a, it's a yeah, whole thing. It's hard. hard. Wow. Poetry... I feel like, did we invent poetry? I think the world, (laughs) and and this is like such a scientific view, and I know you might not agree with this, but I feel like the world is a bunch of building blocks, and you can like 
make, like you can build anything out of them, but I think that's less invention, although that is technically the, uh, the definition of invention, but it's more like discovery in the fact that, okay, it Maybe invention is it, just useful discovery. Like this discovery yeah. lets me drive a car. But I think, I think, cool. I think you wouldn't, I don't think it's stupid to say invention is when we build something that hasn't existed before on our world and invention or, and then discovery is finding something that is an innate law of the universe. I don't think those are two bad so, definitions. But, okay, but so you've been reading a lot of psychology. I'm going to say innate laws exist outside of physics and gravity. What do you mean? For like, like psychology? There are, but I think those are results of the biology of the brain. I don't, I don't even know. So be, I'm trying to get back to like, yeah. I don't think religion was invented. Okay. I think it yes. was discovered. And I think it was discovered many times in ways that I agree with and ways that like I would not probably go to that church and agree with. And... I don't think it was one person sitting down and being no, like, no. I'm going to invent religion and come up with... No, I said like, I Jesus think it was... Totally existed, I right? think it was discovered. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I don't think it was invented. I don't think it was like, this will make us feel better. Here you go. So I disagree with you. I think it was invented, but I don't think it was as simple as like one person's like, I'm going to figure out the Greek gods so that we can understand how all these wor- processes work. I think it was a, 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 like... Invention over like eons that created these shared myths, and because they're over eons, you can't point to the beginning and say, "Hey, like." Okay, but there's does myth, that make sense? And then, so I think some like the Greek gods. I would say a lot. That's myths. I think okay. that most people agree those were myths. Right. They were not Greek. Those gods. Right. But Jesus, I don't think that was a myth. No, I think Jesus was real too. But I don't so, like he was a real person. But I think what he believed. And the story around him is not real. <laughs> you think it's mythical? I think... I don't know. I, I, I don't think the Virgin Mary was a virgin. Um, yeah. <laughs> you don't think... So this is... I'm going to push back on this a little bit. So you also don't believe in free will. But you think there's no way this guy could have been sent by God. Yeah, I don't think Jesus How? was sent by God. <laughs> I think... I think that he believed... I don't, I don't disagree here. He <laughs> believed in God. I don't... I. I even, like, obviously we're not there at that time period. I might not even, given the facts, given what I know, I'd, I'd even consider that I think he believed he was the son of God. Like, I totally believe that. But that doesn't mean that I believe that believe. he was the son of God. Like, it, it, as a fact. Hmm. Um, okay, I, mean, but, I mean, I'm not saying yeah, you have to. I know. I, I don't know, I know I'm not. And I think you need to, I know, I, and the way I think is super scientific, right? It's all about, like, like. For me, it's like everything has a cause and effect, right? Like that's the way I see the world. And I know a lot of people who, like yourself included, like belief and free will and a lot of these other things like also have a huge place in the world. But the way I see it, like if we don't understand something, it's because we just haven't figured it out yet. Like it's really that simple. Okay. That's interesting. And yeah. like... But what if we figure out the reality is... And and we've talked a lot about free will and... We can get into. I I realize that Bell and I, Bell understands what We've I have to. We've talked more about free yeah, will away from the podcast, and so I kind of want to cover this real quick it. so that people. I don't, believe in free will. So people don't like completely roast me. But the way I look at it is, just because I feel like I have no free will doesn't mean that I shouldn't go out and like try to make the world better, right? Like I still feel like that's my mission, and like I really want to do that. You're gonna and, pretend you think you have free will. 
It's not that I'm going to pretend. It's just a lot of people, they make the conclusion that, oh, I don't have free will. Nothing matters. I'm not going to do anything. And, like, I don't think those two things are connected at all. Like, I don't, I understand how people reach that rationalization, but I look at, I don't have free will and I don't think, oh, nothing matters. I might as well do nothing my whole life. Right? Like, that's not something that goes through my head. I'm more like, I don't think I have a free will, but my brain's really good at convincing myself I have free will. And like, if I just think about it, like from just with no other stimulus from the outside world, yeah, I'd come to the conclusion I have free will too. But looking at a lot of the other things around the world and looking at science, I think the brain's just a very elaborate domino set that is way more complicated than a domino set and that is really good at convincing ourselves that we have free will and makes us think that like we're making the decisions when in fact it's just like inputs of our sight, hearing, nose, like taste, feel, and a a lot more and previous experience and then output of whatever our action ends up being. Yeah. And so like, but I think those actions can still benefit society and are worth benefiting society. If that makes sense. And okay, I running... think that thought is based on my previous experience and my previous life choices. All right, that's, we're running so, on time. Yeah, um, I liked that our last episode was shorter, but I, this is not going to be shorter. I want to add one more thing. Yeah, let's go back to the main um, topic. I, that was a quick aside. That I mean, you're probably not going to ask because you know, but I think last two weeks ago or last week, um, I decided I wasn't going back to this one church I had been going to. Right. And so I think like... Anyone who's hearing this and thinking like, oh, there's a part of me that kind of wants to go and find a church that fits me. I encourage you to do that, not just go to one. And I think I thought the church I was going to was a good fit. This is the modern one in Denver? Yeah, and I realized that they weren't, they believed things that like I refuse to believe are true and don't think is the word of God. And so, and that I think it's harmful to preach. Okay. And so the minute I believed that, or I heard, I thought that and realized that that's what they were saying, I chose to leave and then... Well, on you my didn't way just out. Choose, yeah, go, sorry. So I chose, I was like, I can't sit in this room and hear this. I feel really uncomfortable. And so I chose to like walk out and I saw a pastor who wasn't preaching and I asked him because I wanted, maybe like I misheard. I was like, I feel like I can't sit there, but I don't know really what they believe because that's not what the sermon was on. And so I asked him, hey, I feel uncomfortable because I feel like you just said you believe this and I want to know if that's true. And we had a long discussion about it um, where he explained what he believes and I ultimately said as a response that, like, I would not be going back because I did not believe that. And so I think I will still try to find a church that does believe what I believe and has a good community and has everything you want in a church. But, like, it won't be that one. And it was kind of sad because I felt like I had found, like, a nice little safe, comforting, right. like, place that literally, like, I cried in the week before. Like, we all cried because we were moved and emotional and felt... Like, we had answers or acknowledged we didn't have answers, whatever it was. And then the next week, I was like, it was sad. Like, I, it was a deal I won't breaker. go back. But it was a deal breaker because a lot of church is about belief and also things that you think, like, you, not even belief, but like, you know. And I was like, I know that's not. That makes sense. So, okay. Like, just a, like a caution on anything. Like, like, look into what the church believes? Yeah, or, like, ask questions, and... I mean, it's okay to change your mind and wrestle with what you believe, but if you know there are some things, like... There can be deal-breakers. Like, I wasn't ready to make it... I'm not... It's not... Like, it wouldn't be a compromise that I would, like, even yeah. call... Like, feel okay calling a compromise, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. 
Anyway. Let's do our 30 second recap. Okay. I'll go, go first this time because you always go first. Okay. So today, uh, Annabelle talked a lot about, uh, kind of about her going to church and her religious views, um, less, more in a general sense. Um, since she never went to church growing up, we both didn't, and now she is starting to a lot more. Um, and then, uh, like we talked about that and like kind of what the main rationale for that was, um, and how that change occurred. Um, I didn't answer any of those questions. Yeah, I think you did. Um, this is a personal thing. I understand if you didn't want to be super specific, like I think our Mm -hmm. audience can respect that. Um, and if you want to open up more in the future, you can. Um, and then, uh, we also talked about, um, what did we talk about in the middle, at the, near the end? Discovery versus invention. Oh, yeah, discovery versus invention and kind of like how theology works into uh, the views of the church and a little bit about philosophy and then kind of about free will and like how I view religion, which was really simple and short. And yeah. Would you ever consider going to church? I don't think it would. You don't think? I, 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 would, I would go to like try because like I don't think yeah. like. I wouldn't say I'm scared of it like you may have mm-hmm. been, but I don't think it's going to help me in any way. Or I don't think the beliefs of church are enough si- similar enough to me that I think it could benefit me. That's I cool. totally understand how it benefits you. No, no, no I'm bene- not. I'm just yeah, curious. No, I, I feel and like... how it benefits the whole world, right? And I think the church has done more good than bad in over the course of the last thousand years. And I and shared myths over the course of the last, like, whatever million years, right? Um, but... Yeah, that, that's a good question. But for me, it's, I don't think, I think I look at the world in a way that's a lot more. I mean, I guess, maybe that's scientific. like if someone asked me if I wanted to go to yoga, I would be like, I get that other people enjoy it and it does something. Like, I don't, I don't believe. Yeah, it I think works. church is a little bit bigger step than yoga, but maybe not. I just, I don't um, believe yoga, yoga is very spiritual. It doesn't work. Okay, anyway, your turn to recap. Um, I recently started going to church, which is weird. So, in the weird. context of our family. Yes, there you go. That's and our weird. history. And so. Sevi asked some questions, and I tried to answer the best I could about why and in what form, you, and sort I of like you answered a lot of those questions. I to learned explore things. something that was a surprise. I think first, like to me and to some people in my life, and I think now most people are kind of used to. I don't know that I'm used to it. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Wow, no. what a great regret. <laughs> no. That's pretty much it. Cool. We ended it really well last week. Do you remember what we did? We said something I thought was good. Anyway. Did you say talk to you later? No. See you next week? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we could just say see you next week. Okay. See you next week. <laughs> Bye.